changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Baden and Rex. All right, welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, we had the pleasure of interviewing Joshua Travers from Saved in America. This is a tough interview in the sense that the topic is just one that people don't like to talk about, but so important because human trafficking is not going away. And unfortunately, it's increasing. So uh, Saved in America is an amazing organization of retired veterans, police officers, that are taking action. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's January is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month, so we thought it would be a great month to do this interview, get the word out. Um, and like Rex said, I mean, you're talking guys who are former private investigators, former Navy SEAL. I mean, that's basically what they're former Navy SEALs, tactical officers. I mean, some, I mean, for lack of a better term, some pretty badass dudes that yeah. have decided to say, hey, um, with my retirement, like, and some of the guys are actually still working, you know, either on the side as my, right. you know, side gig or as my retirement, I'm going to volunteer my time because none of these guys take a salary and I'll volunteer my time to help save kids who have been trafficked. And they had, well, I forget the exact number, 237 people that they've saved. Um, and we talked a little bit about that in the interview. And then once again, it's no disrespect to the other organizations that spread awareness on human trafficking. They're all great. We should support them all. But what yeah, they're all important, America, all super important. But one yeah. thing that Saved in America does that to me is just separates them from the pack. It's like they are on the street. They are out there. I mean, they're saving kids. They got, he talks about his mobile tactic uh, van with drones and stuff in San yeah. Diego. I mean, like it's like straight out of a movie, what these guys do. It's incredible. Well, not only that, I mean, you mentioned that incredible stat. They've actually saved 237 children but they've only taken on 237 cases. Yeah, exactly. 100. They're batting 100. So, yeah, batting 100. Uh, you know, it, I couldn't think of any better group of guys to be doing this. And it just shows, you know, how huge their hearts are. And gosh, we need more people. So if you're listening to this and you're a retired military or a police officer and you want to, you know, help out in your community, gosh, contact these guys because we need all the help we can because the problem's getting worse, unfortunately. Yep, absolutely is. So check out savedinamerica.org. Also, make sure that you're subscribing to this podcast so you can get more awesome interviews just like this one with Joshua. Uh, if you make sure you're also going on and giving us a rating that helps us get more recognition. You know, like, as we talk about a lot of times, what we're trying to do on this podcast is just be a, a place and a bullhorn to ex to talk about the people who are doing awesome things in this world. So yep. The, the better reviews that we get, the more subscriptions and subscribers that we get, the more people stumble across us in the iTunes store or Andrew, or what is it, Andrew Google Play store or Stitcher or everywhere that we're at. So uh, make sure you're doing those things so we can spread the awareness and um, highlight the people who are doing great things in this world. There's too much negativity out there and we're here to show you that there's better things in this world that you can do. And if you're doing something you're awesome. Yeah, for sure. Hit us know. up, or if you know someone doing something awesome, you know we want to interview them. So we want to be able to, uh, you know, spread what people are doing that is good in the world. So please reach out to us, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Enjoy. We are live, so we are here with Joshua Travers, and um, excited to be able to talk with you. This is January 2020, which means it is 
National Human Traffic Awareness Month. So what better time to have Joshua on here talking about just an incredible organization saved in America. Um, for those of you guys who've listened to our episodes, you remember a while back we interviewed Derek Scott, who was with the National Institute um, Against Human Trafficking. So this is a subject that's so incredibly important. We mentioned it then, we'll mention it again now over and over again, how important it is to continue to spread awareness about human trafficking. It's real. It's everywhere. Joshua, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. So, you know, let's just jump on real quick. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your kind of upbringing, and how you got started with Saved in America. Yeah. So, um, my name is Josh Jarvis. I'm 31 years old. I'm uh, currently a police officer in Charlottesville, Virginia for my day job. And I work as I'm on the board of and the case manager for Saved in America. Uh, I got this route uh, from a young age, my father being a former law enforcement officer and a private investigator his whole life, brought me into the family business. And I became the youngest licensed investigator in the state of California history at 15 years old. And I was working wow. multi-million dollar cases at 15 and 16. Wow. Um, I took the time after that. I joined the Marine Corps, uh, learned a lot about the military, and I was a radio operator, learned a lot about communications and computers and such. Um, after that, uh, after my deployment to Iraq, came back, went to the reserves, went to college where I studied uh, inter interdisciplinary studies, uh, religion, government, and of all things, uh, a little bit of Spanish in there. <laughs> awesome. And then, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. And then um, after that, um, I uh, dabbled around in uh, business, different businesses, doing management other places and decided to pursue my dream of being a police officer. Well, thank you for your service, not only Absolutely. active duty service, but your service in the military as well. And we just want to start off by first with just huge appreciation for what you're doing. Hey, thank you very much. I, we, I appreciate that. So, yeah, um, let's talk a little bit about Saved in America so we can fill some of the listeners in on exactly what it is. Like I said, we had um, Derek Scott from National Institute Against Human Trafficking. I think a lot of people are familiar with the A21 Foundation. Uh, let, let the viewers and listeners know how Saved in America is different than some of those organizations. Yeah, so Saved in America actually came about uh, filling a gap that we saw existed in the human trafficking uh, field. You know, you have the great organizations, like you mentioned, that work on the donations, the awareness, and, and helping people after they've been rescued, rehabilitation and such. Um, what we saw, you know, we actually have organizations like Operation Ungar Railroad that, you know, go overseas and, and rescue trafficking victims and such. But what we found out, you know, me and my dad looking into it was there was no organization that was taking care of our own here domestically in the United States. Um, and so we said, why don't, you know, we start one. It, it started with an article on a, a, a young lady named Brittany Drex, uh, Drexel, who was actually taken um, and transported to another state and she was used and trafficked. And when she tried to escape, the FBI found out years later, they actually shot, killed her and then fed her body to alligators. Oh and, my gosh. And we read this and we said, that's terrible. And then immediately we saw this thing about Navy SEALs going overseas and, and rescuing children of, uh, of trafficking overseas. And we said, well, why isn't anybody doing that here? Right. And, 
And so we figured, you know, we can go overseas and help save others, but we're not saving our own children. So that, yeah. that, that's kind of why Saved in America came to be. And, and we see ourselves as bridging a, a gap. Um, there's, a, there's a gap between non-government organizations raising awareness and then, you know, law enforcement having the manpower and the hours and a lot of times the money to be able to do this. You got to think, you know, I myself, police officer, we had a snowstorm yesterday. We fielded 47 accidents in three hours, you know, wow, and so right. a lot of times, you know, somebody comes in with a missing child. Yeah, we do the reporting right away. We get the report out there. We get the missing child out there. But there's not just not enough hours in the day for most agencies to devote somebody full time to doing this. And that's why Saved in America is so important. That brings up a, a question that I've kind of wanted to know for a while. And a lot of times on social media, you'll see someone share you know, a, a missing child, maybe in your area or maybe in a completely different area in the United States. How is it, how important is it for people to share that? So just more people can kind of be on the lookout. Oh, it's vastly important. You know, it's social media today. I mean, you know, for lack of a better term, control society. I mean, we see it, you know, it controls, you know, the news, it controls how people run their daily lives. And you can't get away from it. It's on our phones and everything. So more and more people sharing this information, you know, when, you know, if you see a missing poster, put it out there. If you see somebody pleading for somebody to help find their child, put it out there. Uh, reach out to us. You know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can reach in all those platforms. You can reach out gotcha. to us. And yeah, Rex, I, I should have sent it over to you today. I watched a, a pretty cool documentary, um, small little clip from Vice uh, that that followed actually I watched two of them. One was um, following out saved in America and I forget where it was. I think it was in San Diego, but um, so Joshua, would you say like, well, you guys are more on the ground than those other organizations. Is that kind of a distinguishing factor? I mean, you have former Navy SEALs, you have private investigators, you have lieutenants. Is that kind of your guys's niche of from what I took from the video is it's like, you guys are on the ground actually doing more or less for lack of a better term, doing the dirty work to try and find out where these people are at. That, that is the main difference, you know, still to this day, we haven't have, we haven't had another organization legitimately rescue a child in this country yet, Crazy. except for Saved in America. And we've done wow. 200, 237. Wow. Yeah. That's what's so cool. And that's why I'm so excited to, to be able to do this interview and highlight what you guys are, are doing. Cause I don't think enough people know, and this is, this is once again, like we, you know, we talked about the great organizations like a 21, they're awesome, but um, I'm thinking like, you know, they probably help pr spread awareness and do rallies and things like that that are great. But man, you guys are like actually like, like the, the front line, you know, the front line saving people. That's, that's incredible. It, it's, it's something that, you know, um, the pillars, I guess, of Saved in America really shows the kind of heart you have to have, you know, um, our here at Saved in America that we have a few pillars. One, we don't charge the parents of these children any any money. There's no Amazing. charge for Saved in awesome. America to help you. The only, the literally, the only charge for a parent is you just have to ask for our help. Yeah, that's it. That's that's it. And then everybody who I, I say works for, but volunteers of Saved in America, where there's nobody takes a salary. They're all unpaid volunteers. That's so awesome. And you know, the the as you mentioned. Yeah, on top of that, not only these guys are paid volunteers, but they're also specialized. You know, we only use current 
or retired police officers, peace officers, or military special operators, mostly SEALs, but we've had people from other, we've had Green Berets, we've had uh, British uh, uh, SAS, uh, we've had people from all over the world join us that have these specialized skills, and every single one of them becomes a licensed and insured private investigator that goes out and, and learns the extra skills on top of their already specialized skill set. Wow. Yeah. And San Diego is where you guys mainly focus because it's one of the largest traffic areas. Is that correct? Uh, right now, uh, it's well, it started in San Diego and it is one of the largest hubs of um, child sex trafficking, not just human trafficking, but child sex trafficking in the United States. Um, we, there's other hot spots and we're actually aiming at those through our Saved in America QRF, Quick Reaction Force or Reserve Program, depending on which one you want to call it. And that way we can reach every region in the United States. So we, we have recently just started, and I've, I'm the director of the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. That's awesome. So you, you mentioned about the, like, the special tactics, special um, operations people. Without giving away too much, you know, any information that you can't give away, like, can you paint a picture for the listeners how the people with that elite set of skills can help out in, in tracking down people who have been trafficked? Yeah, it's so these skills come, for example, uh, SEALs and special operators, they're trained, they have a goal, and they'll accomplish that goal with whatever tools you give them. You know, that helps out. They're trained at the highest level of intelligence, reconnaissance that this country has. And they do so without leaving a trace or letting anybody know they're there. Police officers, private investigators, we work surveillance operations where nobody can know we're there. We don't want to get burned. You know, um, and we work daily on those styles of operations. And then we also have communication. So that we kind of go back and forth with each other. You know, Navy SEALs, they know how to go to recon, to, to really blend in with the environment. Investigators, we know how to do that and piggyback off of their reconnaissance to talk to possible leads and really communicate with other people to be able to kind of put this, I, I call it, you know, for lack of a better term, this art together to create this masterpiece that is saving this child. And, and from there, from the actual uh, preliminary legwork, let's say you um, have positive ID on a trafficked individual. At that point, do you guys call in law enforcement? How does that transaction transpire? So to take it back one step to get a full picture here. So if Save America is doing, you know, an operation, we always try to reach out to the parent or guardian. And then we reach out to the law enforcement too to tell them, hey, we're looking for, you know, this child here. We want to let you know that we're here. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as we have a positive idea of where this child is at, we call local law enforcement. And that's one thing you saved in America, I think, is a little bit misconstrued. Saved America isn't about kicking down doors. No, it's yeah, more right. we surveil, reconnaissance, and we hold the perimeter and we let law enforcement actually go in and do. So we basically do all of the background investigation work and give it to law enforcement so that they can come in and go ahead and recover the child. That's awesome. I'm glad that you I'm glad that you said that because when I first was researching the organization, that was my first thought. I was like, well, these guys are like boondock saints, like that movie where it's just like <laughs> these vigilantes going out there and, you know, beating up the bad guys. But it's important to know that um, you know, you guys aren't breaking the law. You're going out there, you're you're doing all the reconnaissance, you're getting there, and then you're bringing in local law enforcement. 
to help you out. Have you noticed that law enforcement, is it varied depending on the city of how much help you get from law enforcement? Like, will they, will they bring a pretty decent amount of squad with you out there to help you? Or is it kind of slim? It just depends on the city where you're at of how much, how much conjunction you work with law enforcement. I think at first it was a, it was, it was a little different. You know, it's, it's, there was a, when we first started in December of 2014, 2015 timeframe, there was a lot of, you know, for lack of a better term, mistrust between government organizations and non-government organizations. But over the years, and, and with the proof, obviously, as the numbers, you know, like I said, we've rescued 237 children. We've taken on 237 cases. And the law wow. enforcement has seen it over and over. And that's my job as a case manager. I put these case packages together and I show law enforcement here. This is this is the whole entire investigation on the child you just helped us recover. Mm-hmm. And it shows them that, you know, we are professionals. And so we've found more and more places willing to help. We're actually, you know, going to Las Vegas soon to do another operation with Las Vegas Metro. And they keep inviting us back because they say, you guys do great, amazing work. And not only do we want you to help, you know, to help us recover these children, but they actually have their officers and detectives with us learning how we do things. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I was thinking too, you know, is it something that is feasible in the long term or would it work out for, you know, every major city to have basically almost a quasi saved in America branch? So almost just take your guys' organization, but put it under the, you know, under the chain of command of the LAPD or, you know, Las Vegas Police Department. Do you think it would still be able to function the same or do you think you guys have a little bit more ability to do more having the freedom to work independently and then bring law enforcement in? Definitely independently. There's a lot, you know, less, you know, being a 501c3 nonprofit, the, it, it, it gives us a lot less red tape to go through. Yeah. And we can literally focus on one aspect and that is finding that child. You know, we have all the tools to do it too. You know, thank you for the San Diego, uh, San Diego County Board of Supervisors bought us our mobile command center that we have a giant, uh, and I say giant, it truly is a giant RV that is outfitted with multiple screens, computer technology, drones, everything that we can use literally for this purpose. Oh, it's just, and it's just for the purpose of recovering children. Right. Yeah. Gosh, that's amazing. Um, from my perspective and, and, you know, uh, we, like Vaden said, we interviewed Derek Scott, uh, a while back and I was always under the impression that human trafficking had uh, gotten less and less over the years. But now after interviewing him and, and having you on, I get the impression that it's actually increasing. Is that the case? You know, sadly we do see it increasing and, and sadly that's why, and I say sadly, and I, I truly mean it that we need, you know, saving America reserves and quick reaction force all over the United States is because it is a it's a problem that is escalating you know and and the street gangs and then these different gangs across the country they see that they see that you know you can sell you can sell a dime bag make 10 bucks and you can do that you know 15,000 times to make 150,000 or you can entrap and enslave one child and make 150,000 it's just so not that i'm trying to put like criminals with a moral judgment but it's just so crazy on you know for all of us to think of people looking at human life as a commodity of something just that you know that simple of just like oh it's just a commodity we'll just you can take this person and sell them well and that's why you know and something that isn't talked about a lot about saved in america and i think it should be 
is not only do we focus on rescue and we obviously focus on rehabilitation and we'll talk about that in a second, but the one thing that we also do is we have uh, attorneys on staff who volunteer their time. And we actually, if and this is, we've done it, uh, I believe we're on our over three and we have other one, other cases actually in the works right now that if we, we will actually sue uh, the perpetrator and actually get money for the rehabilitation of these girls and, and, and rehabilitation um, and education for them in the future. And we've actually successfully sued perpetrators oh, and, and, wow. and pedophiles and pimps. That's smart. I guess it makes sense because, you know, if they're doing that, they probably have, you know, assets. You could probably seize assets or cash or things like that. And they're obviously liable. You know, you have a plenty of proof to show in a court of law that what they did was a violation of their rights. Yeah, that's why, that's why we, we, that was one of our main things when we started is we came across this. And so, you know, we have to, it, it's one thing for law enforcement to, to get them criminally these girls need to get, they can't get their innocence back. They need to get something back. They need to get their future back. Yeah. And so that's why I went for rehabilitation and education too as well. Yeah. Let's talk about the rehabilitation home, paint a picture for everybody of what that is and why it's so important and not just to say like, okay, hey, here's your daughter, give them to the, give her to the mom and then walk away. You know, the rehabilitation aspect of it all. Yeah. So rehabilitation is, so these, these girls, more often than not are brainwashed into trafficking They're with the Romeo method. They have a young, good looking member of a gang or who wants to become a member of a gang and they befriend this girl. They become boyfriend, girlfriend, they buy these gifts before they know it. You know, they take them to a party, you know, they, they pump them with drugs, alcohol. And then before you know it, they're, you know, having them, you know, service these different members of the gang before they start selling them out and then transport them to other other parts of the country um so what happens is these girls get brainwashed where they actually believe that they're being taken care of by either the gang or by this guy and we have to pull them out of that and that's part of the rehabilitation process to show them that no you're worth more than that they don't love you they're using you and that truly does take time and i think that's where say that America comes into play is by finding these rehabilitation, helping raise money. We create a GoFundMe, raise money for rehabilitation. And we're actually in the works of getting a rehabilitation house for a short-term transition. So what it is, is a lot of times there's, you know, it takes time to find these girls a place where they can go to a, you know, a facility for the rehabilitation. So Save that America is trying to do is do a short-term transition housing where these girls can stay for a for a few days safely and securely away from everything before they go to a, a, a bigger, you know, educational rehabilitation facility. Do some of these uh, girls uh, slip back into getting trafficked uh, if they kind of get out of the system, if you will? And unfortunately we have seen, you know, girls with, you know, go back and we have actually gone out and, rescue them again and, and and more often than not that usually happens when they don't get the rehabilitation they need right you know mm-hmm. if, if they go straight back to the you know their parents house instead of going for some sort of rehabilitation it's a lot easier for them to to, to run away again and that's you know that's a very sad sad thing but that's why we really push for and try to get help for on this rehabilitation 
One of the stats that sticks out to me about human trafficking, I mean, it, it makes sense, but it's just so sad that 60% of all trafficked children are foster kids. And that just that just breaks my heart to think of foster kids being so susceptible. Do you feel like it's a trust issue that they are more susceptible to trust, um, you know, the Romeo guy or a pimp coming in or something like that? What is it that makes foster children so susceptible for trafficking? You know, I think a lot of it is a lot of it is trust. Um, a lot of it is trying to find, you know, and sadly worth to somebody. You know, find the and and we see it. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, 100% say because I've I haven't been in that situation, but you know, the statistics say and that some of it is also you know, like I said, finding worth. If if you know, say my parents didn't find work here i didn't i wasn't you know good enough to stay in this home and i got moved to this home a lot of it's just either finding worth or a place to belong and these and these sick disgusting pedophiles and pimps try to give them a uh try to feign this with them to get their trust another uh stat that kind of jumped out at me was um how every high school's got a trafficker or recruiter on campus, that's just that was mind blowing to me. Yeah, and that's you know, I guess so. We've had children is they're almost all high school age. We've had them as young as eleven, and as you know, as old as seventeen, right before they get out, of, right before they get out of high school. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they're it's moving down. It's not just high schools; they're starting to go to these middle schools too. So what what should parents listen to this or, you know, I don't know if there's teenagers listening to this. Maybe there are. Um, what are some signs to look out for? You know, I'm talk, thinking specifically about how you can kind of get a heads up on someone who's starting the trafficking process where you can stop it before it starts. The biggest thing I can say for parents is we have this device that these kids are getting nowadays called cell phones and they're getting them younger and younger. And there's all these apps they download on their phone and need to pay attention to what your children are doing on social media. You know, maybe Facebook isn't a huge thing. It still is. And you know, the number one way these, these pimps and pedophiles communicate Facebook messenger app on the phone, you know, Snapchat is a big one. Um, and now even believe it or not, Twitter and Instagram, you know, you need to really pay attention to the, the kids' social media. Pay attention to their behaviors, too. Are they becoming, you know, more distant from, you know, their parents? And not just the normal teenage distance. You know, if they're gone all hours of the night, they're starting to, to leave for a couple of days of time and go to their, you know, quote-unquote friend's house. That's, you know, different things to look out for. Yeah, those are all great tips. It reminds me, Rex, of, you know, kind of our interview with Derek also. I forget, was it the nine was it more than nine? Some, uh, there's an there's a infographic that we can post in the show notes of this show also of the, the apps that parents need to have and keep know an about and for, keep yeah. an eye out for. Yeah. Um, and one thing that Derek said, you know, because he, he, um, he was a former sheriff in Mendocino County, and he was like, he was shocked at how many parents don't know their kids' passcodes for their phones. He's like, he's like this is something that you're paying the bill. Like, you, like you, you need to be able to, at any point, yeah. be able to get in that kid's phone and look at it. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you feel like, they're like, Dad, it's an invasion of my privacy. But you're like, no, do you, if you understand, I'm, I'm looking out for you. It's not an invasion of your privacy. I pay your bill. It's my phone. Right. So I actually um, dealt with that on my, you know, 
on my own before in my other life, you know, um, going to a place and a parent literally said, no, I can't go into their room. That's their room. And I said, yeah. it's your house. It's your <laughs> yeah. kid. Yeah. You got to be a yeah. parent. Yeah. I hate to say it like that, but that's the biggest thing is be a parent. That, yeah. I mean, that, that's literally, you know, the best advice I can give to, to a, a parent is to, is to truly know what your children are doing. Absolutely. All right. So the, I had this last question on here. And I, I kind of hate to ask this. I hate to even put it out there and think about it. But, you know, God forbid your kid gets taken and you're a parent or your kid's gone and you're suspecting human trafficking. You just think, you know, maybe it's in your gut or you don't you think, yeah, I can't imagine my kid running away. If you're that parent, what do you what do you do? Because I think a lot of parents would be lost at that point. They don't know where to go. Obviously, you call the police. But is there other routes, other things that you would suggest for parents to do? Yes, if if a parent believes that their child is being groomed, feel free to call us at Save in America. Feel free to go on our website, reach out to us, and and see. And we can try do everything we can to prevent it. If we if it's been to the point where your child has already run away, this is really important. If your child has already run away, you need to a contact local law enforcement. B contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And then lastly, contact us at Save in America. Do those three things. You know, it's, there's a, there's a, a golden 48, 72 hour window that after that, it makes it a lot harder to find a child. Mm-hmm. So is that, is that know, because so they're, taking them, they're taking them out of the area? What's, what's in that window that makes it so much harder? A lot of times that's where they're getting pulled. You know, if, for example, their child has run away and they're at the point where, you know, this pedophile's you know, taking them off to a party or something like that. You got to think how long do cell phone batteries last? Even if you put them on low power mode, how, you know, how, how long does it take for a kid to get away from, you know, technology when, and get into this, you know, um, these different induced states that's right. And, and traveling too, you can go over state lines, you know, and have 48, 72 hours on foot, even, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very golden window. Um, Right there. I, I think that the the biggest thing I said, you know, not just parents being parents, but if your child has run away, that you just have to call law enforcement. You have to call the Mission National Center for Missing Sported Children. Get a picture of your child out there. Um, I suggest every parent have fingerprints on file for their child, have um, a current picture almost at all times of what their child looks like. And, and, be, and be aware, especially for these girls that, you know, might change hair color and stuff like that. That's why it's always good to have a picture of your child, too. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I never thought about fingerprints. I definitely, obviously, you have pictures of your kids. but um, And I know with this, we also, we talk a lot about girls, which is, you know, the, the statistics are much higher. But, you know, it is it is prevalent with boys, too, correct? You know, it's, I find, you know, and like I said, the international stats are different. International stats, yes, you'll find a, a lot more boys. Uh, domestically, and, and this is truth be told, we haven't dealt with very many boys. It does happen, mm-hmm. but it's not very much. It's still mostly girls in, domestically. Gotcha. And if people are listening to this, Joshua, and they either want to you know, donate or maybe you know, a retired police officer or a veteran's listen to this, how, how can people get in touch to either donate or potentially be reserved, like you said? But if, if you want to donate, I just want to give some quick stats real fast. So 
the average cost to recover a child is five to six thousand dollars. It could be wow. twelve thousand if we use the mobile command center if we have to go out of state. That's that's one child. Now, granted, it sounds like a lot of money. On the flip end, law enforcement just in man hours costs sixty five thousand dollars for each child Ooh, recovery. Wow. wow. And so Save in America is doing it for you know ten percent to one twelfth of the cost. Um of, of what law enforcement can do it for. And, but it still takes money. And that's mm-hmm. why donations are very important when citizens, you know, even we could go get $5, right. you know, if everybody in the country gave five bucks, we'd be able to rescue every kid three times over. Right. Um, Gosh. you know, and then if you want to volunteer, like volunteering, donating goes to the same place, saved in America.org, www.savedinamerica.org. There's a place right there. You can donate. We have, you can do a single donation. We have ambassador programs where you can donate every month to Saved in America. Um, and they actually come with Saved America paraphernalia. So you can get awareness out there and that, and, um, and other things too, as well. And there's different tiers for that. And for volunteers, if you're a, you know, a retired law enforcement, active law enforcement, if you're former military special operations, military, uh, retired military law, uh, you know, military police, go to, uh, there's a part in the in the web page where it can tell you how to join and you send your credentials to us. We verify you because we verify everybody. We do background right. check. We've mm-hmm. them all I mean, you know, go over with a fine tooth comb. They go through. You have to go through a course to become certified missing child investigator certified. And that's done through the uh, National Association for Missing Exploited Children. Uh, that's a special certification that every single one of our operators has. And after you do all that. You can join uh, Saved in America for, as one of our QRF reserves or active duty guys if you're in the San Diego area. Yeah, that's awesome. And possibly, you know, if you guys, like you said, if you guys expand to D.C. or other areas, or there could be opportunities for some of those other cities as well down the road. Oh, We'll take wherever, wherever you're at, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, and I want to reiterate again, I mean, like Joshua said, this is a 501c3. So if you're looking at a large donation, it's tax deductible. I mean, even small donations, tax deductible. And, you know, these guys aren't taking salaries. Uh, the money right. is going to help. Not only are these guys not taking salaries, they're also not charging parents. I mean, you just think yeah, if you are in a position where your, your kid is gone and you're suspecting trafficking, you call the police, you feel like, I just, just I don't know if I'm going to, it's going to work out. What's your next option? Otherwise is to call a private investigator. Um, it's probably sure as Josh, you know, from his experience, it's not cheap. Um, so it's just support causes like this. I mean, these guys are doing incredible work. They're helping out everybody. Um, so yeah, you know, if, if you got some extra money and this is a passionate, a passion for you, we significantly encourage you to donate to saved in America and, and help these guys out. And Joshua, is there any other words that you want to impart? I mean, you've been great. I don't, we don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, is there anything else that you can, uh, you know, that you want to say about the organization or what you guys are doing? Uh, yeah. So we actually, um, like I said, we're in the process of getting that short-term rehabilitation facility. We're in the process of expanding, you know, to all over these different regions uh, of the country. Um, you know, we're we're getting a lot of awareness out there. Um, by, you know, with, uh, places such as yourself, putting us out there on podcast and, 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 and just getting the, the word out for saved in America. So my biggest request to anybody that's listening right now, www.savedinamerica.org, spread the word, you know, the biggest thing here at saved in America. And the biggest thing that we could ever wish for is that we didn't have to exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Joshua, it's been a pleasure. Um, really, really appreciate it. Once again, everyone listening, go support them. Go support savedinamerica.org. They're doing awesome stuff. Um, it's just that they're so needed out there in this world. So once again, Joshua, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with us. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, please, uh, you know, thank the rest of the team for us as well, because we know that uh, everyone out there that has a silent voice is making a huge difference. I will let them know, and I'm sure they appreciate it. Thank you again. All right. Thanks again. We really appreciate all your time. If you like today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneroftheuniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Today's episode was brought to you by Coconesia. Go to coconesia.id and adopt yourself a coconut palm tree. Help the people of Lombok recover after the devastating earthquake of 2018 by choosing any of their different adoption packages. So make sure to go to coconesia.id. That's C-O-C-O-N-E-S-I-A dot I-D.